If you're going to fight a battle, it's very useful to know what you're up against. Now, when it comes to exploring the unconscious, think of it in terms of a battle may not be the most useful strategy. But you could. You could look at it as you're going to fight this battle of life and you want to marshal all the allies you can. Your unconscious is going to be the by far the most powerful ally you have in the battle of life. Now, it's very nebulous trying to apply percentages to something that's very difficult to measure, like the unconscious mind. However, some folks have tried, and here's what, here's what I've typically seen. The worst estimate, as in worse in, in terms of your conscious control, range somewhere around 1% of your mind is conscious to 0.001% of your mind is conscious, and the rest, 99% to 99.99% or whatever, are unconscious. The best that I have seen, I believe this came from uh, Dr. George Kappas, 12% of your mind is conscious, 88% of your mind is unconscious. So even if we're taking the best case scenario, your unconscious mind is much more powerful than your conscious mind. More than seven times more powerful in this instance. It would make sense to get as much of your unconscious on board for whatever goal you're pursuing rather than just trying to pursue it in a shallow sense with only your conscious mind. Now, if you're trying to get more of your unconscious on your side, there's a variety of methods. I'm going to talk about two here. There's two big overarching things I encourage people to do in this area. One is to develop your focus. Now, people attempt to do this, and to some extent they do, by just pushing harder, more intensity, fighting forward with just whatever focus they can muster in the moment. That's useful. And if you're not doing that, you've absolutely got to do that. You've got to take the time to practice whatever it is that's moving you towards your goal. And as best you can, you eliminate distractions and you pour your awareness into it as completely as possible. But there's another very important method, and I believe these two work best in harmony. And that's having a sense of humor. There's an upside and downside to each of these, and I'll discuss them in just a moment. But having a sense of humor allows you to relax. It allows you to take a step back. It allows you to manage and reduce some of the stress that comes up around having a goal and pursuing it. It's always stressful if it's meaningful at all. If it's the goal is you know to make a cup of coffee, that may be a minimally stressful goal. But if the goal is meaningful to you, Typically, that sense of meaning is derived by overcoming something 
or doing something that's uncommonly done. Of course, those two go hand in hand. So if it's a meaningful goal, some stress is going to go along with your pursuit of it. You need to be able to mitigate that stress some. You're likely never to eliminate it. And in fact, if you did, it would probably take away some of the meaning and significance of the goal. But having a sense of humor about it, being able to take a step back and laugh, smile at yourself, at life, at, go- at the goal, at whatever recent mistakes or missteps you've made, allows you to relax and again, manage that stress. Possibly even make some of that stress a more positive experience as opposed to a negative experience. There is a positive aspect of stress. I call it use stress. Use stress versus distress. Distress, of course, is what we all typically refer to or uh, what we're typically referring to when we say stress. Now, the upside of focus, obviously, it allows you to pour more and more of yourself, marshalling more assistance from your unconscious into this goal. But the way people typically do it, and it's a, if there's any way to not do some of this, I'm not aware of it. The way t- people typically do it, they tend to tighten up. When they narrow down their focus and push forward, there tends to be a tightening, a tensing, mental and physical. And again, some of this is likely unavoidable, but you want to mitigate it as much as possible. That's the downside of it. The upside, of course, is it gives you that ability to marshal more of yourself, to pour more of yourself into the experience. And not only does that help you go further and get there faster, it's an amazing experience to be highly focused. It's a deeply satisfying experience. Whether you achieve the goal itself or not, just the experience of a heightened degree of focus is a very powerful experience. Now, for a sense of humor, the upside I've already mentioned a bit, it helps you relax, it helps you mitigate stress, it helps you kind of take a step back, sort of dissociate for a moment and see it, see the situation in a broader sense and feel a little bit better about it, however disastrously something might have gone. The downside of it is you have to pay attention to your sense of humor. It is possible to tear things down with what gets called a sense of humor. I know this from experience. I had a very caustic sense of humor when I was younger. I still do to a certain extent. I try to uh, I try to keep it managed a little bit. But you can use a sense of humor to tear down your own goals, to tear down other people, to tear down anything positive in your life. Just make fun of it and talk about it as if it's garbage, meaningless, and you know, sort of laugh. But again, there might be more nihilism in this than there is actual humor. So you have to be cautious with the sense of humor. And if you can move forward and balance between those two abilities, the ability to pour in more and more ever-deepening levels of focus... And the ability to laugh and take a step back, get relaxed, 
see a little more broadly, and then move right back into your goal. Having those two abilities, again, is going to help you go further and get there faster than you would otherwise. And possibly more importantly, it's going to help you enjoy the journey much, much more.